Hello and welcome back to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. It's been a healthy two-week break from you, Jules, but you've missed me, I think. I have missed you. How was (laughs) The Hague? It was amazing. What an incredible city. It's an incredible city. It was an incredible game. Not at all what I was expecting in any sort of... um, any sort of way that the city's on the, by the sea which I had no idea about um, it was buzzing and then they had uh, the games all in one central Zelda park it was called um, and it's Zelda just, park yeah a lot of the games obviously when we did it in London 2014 it was all in one place and that was quite useful Toronto hmm. they sort of threw it about and put it about the city which was marvelous in many ways but quite difficult to get to events um, this was just so well organized um and they had i suppose they had three years of build-up so it's not really surprising um but i've i've many many moments to pick from jules over the last 10 days including speaking to serving personnel which was like wo2 vic ross and her daughter after they'd hosted harry and megan during the land rover driving challenge which is the first medal of the games and that's always sort of set aside on the first day before the opening ceremony sorry sorry they they give out a medal for mirror signal maneuver <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that if you'd mm. watched our coverage jules you'll see um i well, know you're one, a very safe that, driver but that these... one that one passed me by <laughs> okay well i will i will show mm. it to you it's um it's a hefty landro that they've never driven before and they're literally thrown in the deep end and they have to drive over for better words, logs and humps. Oh, <laughs> and logs, through water as well. Oh, the old logs and humps. Yeah, now, if it had said logs and humps, I don't know where you're coming from. They also have to avoid yellow balls and they get um, judged on their um, wheel positions. There you go. That's all I can tell you about Jaguar Lover. But Vic, although she didn't compete for GB, she then had to take Prince Harry round. He was navigating, as he tends to do, and she was driving. Backseat driver. Thought, yeah, yeah, well, front seat driver, but still backseat driver um but yeah it was um it was amazing talking to her there was i had a really lovely chat with um mark clockerty who's a football mad scotsman who actually injured himself whilst playing that sport but he's now a demon in the racing wheelchair he medaled in all four events on the track including the 100 200 400 and 1500 meters but The two clips you're going to hear from now really stood out for me. Firstly, we hear from Midge Hartley, who played for Team UK in the wheelchair rugby. And this was just after they'd lost to Team USA in the final. The whole pathway that Invictus sets up is very much a case of preparing you to endure these elements when they come, but to take the positives from it. And that's really what I take away from this. I've got a new support network. I've got a new sport that I enjoy. Yes, maybe the medal wasn't the colour I envisaged, But we have our ups and downs in life and it just means through this we're better prepared to take that on board and look positively and looking forward. And that's what I think really we've taken from this as a team overall. Now, when I got back, I had sort of a comment from one of the productions team back here at BFBS saying you won't hear a better advert for sports recovery than this conversation. So do stay tuned to hear that. He teams up with um, a guy called Fester Hunt, who also played for Team UK. And Jules, because we've talked about it so much, I really wanted to extract from them, take them away from it's not about the medals and actually find out how disappointed and how gutted they were to lose. And although they were, they still came out with all the sort of right. And it's it's hard to see because they clearly, despite losing and despite sort of having prepared for this for three years now, um, they did look gutted. But at the same time, it was all done in such a 
jovial manner um you know lots of hugs lots of um lots of good wishes from the other team and um, they met them again of course in in wheelchair basketball um, which the USA team also went on to win now the second part of this Invictus special is me speaking to Stuart Padley. Stuart suffered a stroke in 2018 and he lost all his speech. So it's amazing to see how far he's come in such a short space of time, basically having to learn to speak from the beginning. It means that his dad, Neil, always accompanies him on interviews in case he doesn't have the words. He competed in indoor rowing and archery at the Games and he uses his mouth to draw back the bow when he's shooting the arrow. He got silver in archery, but he also loves watching his UK teammates in everything else. Rugby. Rugby. Oh, that was funny, mate. Because <laughs> always brash. Yeah. Brash. But, um... Stuart, you know they call it murder ball as well. <laughs> really amazing to hear from Stuart there. And um, his dad, Neil, was very emotional during all of his competition. He said the most wonderful part was when... Um, Stuart won the silver medal all the opponents that he'd beaten during the competition the two-day competition that Archie went on for all came and supported well supported him and his French opponent who went on to to win the gold but it's very much an Invictus way of things. I think what's frustrating for when I was speaking to Stuart is you're very aware that he's completely there but he just doesn't sometimes have the words. Like his can't sense articulate. of humour is really, really quick. <laughs> but sometimes he can't articulate that. Um, but I just, it was, he's wonderful. He's got an amazing smile on his face. And he was one of those um, characters within the team that everyone rallied around. And really lovely to see. So Invictus, 48 medals overall, 16 gold, 12 silver and 20 bronze. And there were a whopping 95 personal best jewels. So um, a really successful week and 10 days, not only for Team UK, but for the whole Invictus movement. Um, but moving on from Invictus, we've another massive weekend of sport coming up with another long-awaited fixture at Twickenham. And it is, of course, the annual Army-Navy, although it's been cancelled for two years on the trot because of the COVID pandemic. But it's back and we'll be showing it live on Saturday. So please tune in for what will be an amazing and history-making event. Jules, wait, you're going to tell we, us we why. Should... Well, no, you, we should just clarify where people can see it. We can do that. Um, so if you're serving overseas, you can see it on BFBS TV. That's on the BFBS Sport channel. Um, the women are at 4.30. The men kick off at 2 o'clock. The BFBS TV coverage starts at 1.30 in the afternoon. But you can also, if you're in this country, see it on the Forces News YouTube channel. That also starts, coverage starts at 1.30. But of course, we've got radio coverage on BFBS Radio from 7 o'clock o'clock in the morning and that will be throughout the day so yes do join us it's going to be an amazing event of course the first time the women have ever played at Twickenham and George yeah. you're going to talk us through that well history will we make as you say it will be the first time that it's a double header uh, can't wait to see them take go toe to toe at the famous Twickenham turf and that as you said follows on from the men's game uh, and the fixtures are at the home of English rugby which is Always something to be special. I can't wait to see that. But um, it is the showpiece conclusion to the Inter-Services Championships, isn't it? We've already had two rounds with the Army in the box seat in both, having done pretty well so far. But having enjoyed victory over the RAF women in the opening game of the tournament, I've been chatting to the Army women, and they will be crowned champions if they beat their Royal Navy rivals. And I went along to see their head coach, who is Major Gemma Stonebridge-Smith. 
It has been a long time coming and obviously uh, the expectation was the 2020 internet services would take place at Twickenham uh, and obviously sadly that was cancelled because of Covid. So we've had a long time to prepare for what, what is going to be a historic occasion. The girls are very much looking forward to it, very excited about it, uh, but for us it is just another rugby game. How do you keep everybody grounded? Some of your players have played at the very highest level, but there are others in the setup that, that perhaps haven't. So how do you keep those players grounded? Yeah, I think we've done a lot of work this season on mindset, resilience, uh, a lot of work on mindfulness, which is great for some of the younger players to be able to really focus on the job in hand. And what's great is we have got so much experience in the squad and they're able to give that first-hand experience to the younger players of how to manage that emotion. So they're really, you know, people like Jade, Beth are really valuable to the squad. Yeah. yeah, looking at that victory at the RAF, how much does that set you up then for what's to come at Twickenham against the Royal Navy? Yeah, you know, for large parts of that game, we really got our processes right and played the style of rugby that we wanted to play. But it was it was by no means a polished performance. And so really this week uh, and the, the training ahead of the RAF, uh, uh, the Navy fixture, is very much about getting that polished. We want it to be a perfect performance. Well, a few weeks ago, we saw the Royal Navy put in a monumental effort against the RAF, pushing them really close. Uh, fantastic performance by the Royal Navy women up at Ealing. And they've really put themselves in the mix for the first time in a long time, I think. So the army will have been sitting up, paying attention of that. But I think that that Royal Navy performance, a lot of that comes down to their backroom staff. And I also caught up with the Royal Navy women's head coach, and that is Lieutenant Commander Charlotte Fredrickson. We're really lucky. I mean, rugby has such a momentum in service sport to be able to play at the, at the home of, uh, you know, the home of, of England rugby. You know, not even England women get to do that very often. So that's very, very special. But the competition as a whole is is excellent. And, you know, there's real rivalry between the three teams. You know, we're always the underdogs, the navies, but um, that's not necessarily a bad place to be. We always come out and we come out, give it our best. Yeah, I mean, we are all benefiting from the growth of women's rugby, you know, like nationally. Um, the Air Force and the Army, they recruit differently to us. They they have bases in different parts of the country and we send our people to sea for nine months of the year. So it's a slightly different demographic and a slightly different catchment area. But like I say, we've got good players. We've had a really small core of people this year that have, have delivered every game. And so we're, we're in a really good place. And like I say I'm excited to see what the girls can do. How are you keeping some of the more junior players grounded with the prospect of that fixture at Twickenham? Because that is something that very few people get to do. Yeah, it is. I, the bigger problem are people like me that have been playing rugby for, you know, 18 years, who for Twickenham is like this massive thing. For some of these girls that have just joined, Twickenham is their baseline. They know no different. And that's a really exciting place for women's rugby uh, to be. So, yeah, we, we've got to manage the day. You know, it's going to be a huge event in a really big space. But you know, like I say, for some of these girls, this is all they've ever known. And I'm really excited for them. And I just wish I could be on the pitch with them. I can imagine she is yeah. jumping I mean, in the bits to be on the she's pitch. She's been a stalwart for Royal Navy Women's Rugby over the years, has, has Charlotte. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I bet she's jumping at the bit to get out there and, and see what they can do. It's interesting that she says that that is their benchmark, isn't it? You, I suppose you go into the game knowing no different. Yeah, yeah, play at Twickenham. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I know. But like she says, you know, the, the England women don't always get to play at the home of England rugby. So... It's a, it's a massive privilege for these ladies, but then if, if they've only just started on their rugby journey, they know no different, and she's um, she's said that. I know we're going to talk Women's Six Nations later, but I did see that, was it almost 16,000 people went to watch? Yeah, it's a record, yes. Record, record crowd. Well, I think 50,000, 60,000 are expected at Twickenham 
on Saturday for the for the whole day for Army Navy Day, if we can encourage, if we can encourage a third of those people to hang on, then you, my friend, will help break the world record or certainly the record for for watching a, a women's match. A game of rugby, yes, which would be something special. Please stay on. So obviously the men are playing at two o'clock, and I know that Army Navy Day, of course, is about a lot more than the rugby. But that women's game, and I, I'm not predicting an upset. I can see the Royal Navy still have a few, few years to go in terms of of, of pitching up to sort of RAF or Army level, but. If you saw half the game that we saw a couple of weeks ago at Ealing between the RAF women and the Royal Navy women, you are in for a real treat. It was such a good game. So please stick around to see the women at 4.30. And as we all know, you know, women in a, on an international scale, women's rugby now is getting huge and is attracting those crowds. So let's hope that our Army-Navy crowd do, do us proud. And um, like you say, Jules, go for another record. BS, BS. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. Forces Sports. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. We're going to hear now from Midge Hartley and Fester Hunt. Not their real names. <laughs> it's Paul Hartley and Russell Hunt. But both are players from Team UK. I'm, I'm guessing that Fester <laughs> might be short of hair. Well, he had a bandana on, so I'm not entirely Ooh. sure. But yes, one would suggest that. Um, Midge, I can't explain, I'm afraid. He's he's not small, so I don't know where that came from. But it's probably a question I should have asked them myself. But anyway, they were part of um, Team UK's wheelchair rugby team at last week's Invictus Games. They were gutted to lose to the USA in the final. And I really wanted to ask them about the competition side of the games because there's always a motto that's not about the medals. But I like to see that, for the most part, the competitive juices are definitely still flowing first you'll hear from Fester. actually regardless of what medal we got i think I've, the whole team's still on a buzz you know medals are great and fantastic but that's not what this process is about we've all been on a journey as they all like to say and, you know we've all said it and heard it loads this week but it really is you know we've come together as a team that's you know the vast majority of us have never played wheelchair rugby before we started training with invictus so to go from that to you know silver medalists at the games, I think it's just it's, we're all on a high and we're going to carry on being a high. And to go from like you say, a lot of you having not played before, um, to not only like yeah silver medal, but you were pretty dominant. You know to 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 get to this point and not not losing a game, everyone just thought you were sort of quids in. So you must have done a lot of training to sort of to get to this point. Yeah, j- just a little bit, we there. Compared to all the other kind of previous Invictus, we've uh, probably had more to endure. But I think because of that, we're uh, probably closer as a bond or an entity together as a team. Obviously, normally the process is six to eight months. We've had three years. So obviously COVID came along and it's something else to endure. But I think we're quite a resilient bunch now. And I think the whole pathway that Invictus sets up is very much a case of preparing you to endure these elements when they come, but to take the positives from it. And that's really what I take away from this. I've got a new support network. I've got a new sport that I enjoy. Yes, maybe the medal wasn't the color I envisaged, but we have our ups and downs in life and it just means through this, we're better prepared to take that on board and look positively and looking forward. And that's what I think really we've taken from this as a team overall. This is a question for both of you and I'll come back to you first, Mitch, but 
Um, I know it's not about the medals. I do know that. But that final was competitive and there was some needling there was a little bit of aggro if i can put it like that so you can't tell me that you're not here to compete because you just but you put on an incredible show either way yeah i mean um, the best way to say it we are here to compete we're here to evangelize about the process for want of a better word we want to allow others to see that this process is exact accessible to them we all like to win um that's life uh, but it's in many ways, it's the cliche that we're all winners already. It's opened so many doors to us, but although we've had a setback today, that doesn't mean that we can't strive going forward, and that's what it's allowed us to do. So, yes, it's not nice to have that, well, your expectations filled, I'm being honest about that, but that's part of the process. So that's what we take away from it. And I'm, I'm assuming you agree, but you know, on the competition front as well. Absolutely, like, I've been a veteran, I've been injured since 2005, and. I never thought I'd get to wear the Union flag on my chest again. Um, certainly not in a sporting event. Um, the military as a whole, we're competitive by nature. We want to do well, we want to do we want to win, you know, and want to do the best we can do in whatever we're doing, whether it's sports or in your career and everything else. And there is a certain amount of pride about the flag that we all we all play under and playing for that. So yes, it's disappointing, but like, like Mid said, you know, absolutely, it shows that we can, anyone can come into the Invictus, become part of the family, and come from a, a complete novice to to this, to this. Um, can I just finally ask you about your opponents? Not just the US, who were in the opponents in the final, but the five other teams that you've played against. Um, how much fun is it? I, I noticed that France were borrowing the Help for Heroes wheelchairs as well. So that that, if anything shows the camaraderie of the game. Yeah, there's some of the nations that haven't got as, as established wheelchair rugby teams, uh, so they build, borrow some of the kit from Help for Heroes. Um, but you know what, regardless of the medals and the outcome, I think you could see it in each of the matches, just how much people were enjoying it on, on both, both sides. Yes, there's the competitiveness there, and you know, yes, I'm sure some matches didn't go quite the way that people wanted to, but at the end of the day, we've, we've all made it here from, you know, Whatever our injuries, whatever our start starting point was, you know, through, then through a pandemic as well, and we've got here, and you know, just that's just an enjoyable moment on its own. I just have one more final question for you, Mitch, and that is that um, I know that there are m members of your team, and of course, in the past we've seen players go on to sort of GB um, in the name of Stu Robinson, who's gone on and won a gold medal at the Paralympics. I know there are members of your team who are hoping for the same sort of thing, but you guys, on, on your basis, does this give you another sport to then take into like the civilian world as well? Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky because one of the things that the Invictus process has given me is not only getting to play on a stage like this, I now play my club rugby at Saracens, so that's opened that up for me. And last year I was um, selected and I represent Scotland at Wheelchair Rugby League now which although not an Invictus sport, the pathways allow me to open up to that. So, fingers crossed, if selected, I'm hoping to play in the World Cup at the end of the year. Course, so, yeah. again, it's, it's a family. I know you're saying about winners and all that. Everybody here is a winner, no matter what level it is. It's just a different colour of a medal. So whether you've got one, whether you haven't, we're all winners because of that, because the pathway that they provide gives us so much. And that's, you know, that's what I'm taking for that, and already, we're asking and looking to go further afield in whatever our chosen sports and disciplines are. And I guess in wheelchair rugby league, at least you play with a rugby ball. 
Yes, you do. <laughs> Major more difference. Yes. More familiar, I must admit, for me, yeah. Great. Thank you so much, guys. I think that's great news about Midge, of course, potentially playing for Scotland later this year because we've already got representation with England with James Simpson playing for the wheelchair rugby. So, you know, we could get another ex-serviceman into that into that Rugby League World Cup later this year. Wow, that is incredible. Um, what a, what a, um, as, as he says, you know, the pathway has given them all so much and a Scotland international out of it, albeit, <laughs> no. albeit Rugby League. I, I'm guessing that Midge was disappointed that the um, Invictus isn't heading to Vienna. Possibly, yes. <laughs> You've lost me on that one, Jules. But um, let's move on to my conversation with Stuart Padley. He's 34, by the way. I've done my research in um, in the meantime. And his dad, Neil, mainly because Stuart is such an impressive person and he's got a wicked sense of humour to boot. And it also shows how important these games are to the families of those competing. Um, it's just incredible. I was a mess yesterday, I must admit. <laughs> I had to actually go and have a minute myself, just while I was getting the medals, because I, I just, oh, it was awful. It, just, it, was, it was one of these where you were up there, but so emotional at the same time. And the amount of work he Stuart's put in to get where he is, it's, it's just been phenomenal. Uh, trains twice a week, archery, three times a week in the gym, rowing. He stopped drinking from January till Thursday when he finished his rowing, <laughs> just, to, just to get fit. So he's put a lot of effort in and he's, he's benefited tremendously. Oh. You want, you've got ambitions beyond Invictus, you know. Yeah. What are those ambitions? How far do you want to go? Pa- para... Oh. Paralympics. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's the goal? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And are and- you... Are you already in with a GB, you know, sort of... We've got... Uh, we're looking into pathways. There, mm-hmm. There's pathways to go into the Paralympics. There's different things to be... He's got to be good classification to see with a disability. Uh, he's to get new equipment. So if anybody's listening, wants to donate <laughs> equipment. Uh, things, Different things to look at, but wheels are in motion to have a look and see how far we can go with this. I think um, Navy and... Uh, Army and whatever, marks it, marks it for, uh, well. He's, he's had tremendous help yes, from various uh, forces, charities, which really we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for yeah, them. Yeah. It's been phenomenal, yeah. absolutely. It's it's part of something that's probably not been there in the past, mm-hmm. and now it's, it's, it's just there that you know there's somebody on the end of the phone for, for financial, mental, health, everything uh, it's uh, all there it's all there and uh, just one final question to you both in terms of looking and supporting your team members in other sports any other sports obviously you're going to compete in rowing but any other sports that you'd like to go and watch anyone particularly that you're uh, watching rugby, out for rugby 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 the wheelchair rugby oh that was funny because <laughs> <laughs> always crash yeah. crash but you know, um, Stuart, you know they call it murder ball as well. <laughs> uh, I, I, swimming, swimming, yeah. but I, I don't no, know. No, we don't know about getting. I think tickets were quite hard for the swimming. Uh, so, sure. but we've been a few things just because there's that many people come up, spoke to Stuart after that. We've you have to go and support uh, other people. So uh, we're going to watch Claire in the powerlifting. Yes, yes. Uh, all the people he beat from the other countries came and watched him in the final and come up and congratulated him. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was, it was, and then one guy for the Ukraine come up and he's, 
He's giving him a, a little, he's giving him a band, a, a, a Ukraine medal. I mean, that guy's got to go back on Sunday, back on Monday, back yeah. to his battalion. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're, we're going back on a coach to start training again. Yeah. yeah. It's, what we do is insignificant to what that guy's oh, yeah, got to do. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you both so much. I look forward to the rowing. Yeah. And um, I've really enjoyed meeting you, Stuart, and I've, I'm just amazed when you've got an incredible set of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we see that you're used to the bow and arrow, but it's it's an incredible skill. So well done. Thank you. I thought you were. I thought you meant his smile. Oh, of course, I meant his smile as well. But um, he's lucky to have those teeth because without that, he wouldn't be able to pull the the arrow back. Was Neil ex forces? He came across as an ex serviceman. I don't know, to be honest. Um, mm. Probably. I mean, so Stuart is ex navy. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, these are all questions that. You could have asked if you were there, Jules. I wish you'd been there. I wasn't there. Um, I know. But the Invictus movement is one of those things. When when many of these people have have perhaps suffered their biggest setback in life, life's dealt them a horrible blow, and they're perhaps in their darkest ebb, but Invictus has been crucial at giving them hope and focus. You know, the hope that life will be different and we've seen here with these these cases here it has been and focus they've got new focus now you know sport has given them so much sport has given them these this pathway to to further enjoyment and that's why it's not about the medals because it's not about the sport no it's about the medals Kathy. Yes. it's about the medals we and we you know midge and um and Stuart might well compete at a sort of Paralympic level or an international level, and you've got those, but they are few and far between because the larger picture is really about sports recovery and how that has helped. And, um, you know, if I'm banging the drum, then then there it is. Um, to be honest, Jules, we haven't got a lot of time left um, touching on sort of what's happened in the international world this weekend. What is Tyson Fury going to do now? I mean, immediately after he finished, immediately after, you know, he knocked... Dylan White out in what was it the sixth round there was talk of uh well he talked about retiring but there was talks about the next fights he's going to have there must have been about four different media sort of releases about what he's going to do so no one no one knows what the I think we'll, we'll wait do. yeah we'll, we'll wait until the dust has settled on that as uh, as always is always the case because you're a long time retired in sport aren't you so you we'll, yeah we'll wait wait until that it's too early to say and whilst I was away, Root resigned for his test captaincy and Andrea Shrubsole retired from international cricket after 14 years. And, of course, Brian, um, Brian Lara, Rob Key is now in charge of the ECB. So big changes. I'm, I'm at, glad um, you brought up cricket because it's Anzac Day, which always reminds ah, me of lovely, a very yeah. famous cricketer called Keith Miller. Keith Miller, I think, made his debut for Australia in 1946, a long time ago. I appreciate it. But he played 55 times. He was an all-rounder. 3,000 runs, 170 or 180 wickets. But somebody in an interview once approached him and said, look, Keith, you know, what is the pressure of test match cricket like? And he was a pilot. He'd served in World War II with the Royal Australian Air Force. <laughs> pressure, mate. Pressure is having a Misha Smith up your ass, not playing test cricket. So I think that's one of the best quotes from a from a sporting person. And he's right, you know. I'm Not that I've ever had a Misha Smith follow me around the car park, but what a great quote from Keith Miller. It, and it may Anzac, happen. Anzac Day, yeah. Well, talking about great quotes, I just want to throw ahead to the fact that the Invictus Games are in Dusseldorf in 2023. But in 2025, Ooh. it was announced last week that they're going to do a hybrid games in Vancouver and Whistler. So there'll be certain winter sports that are introduced. And my team went out when we were in The Hague to get some voxes from Canadians oh, about... Yeah. Yes, and yes. you've this says everything it's short it's sweet but my god it's good it's one of the best foxes i've ever heard it'd be balls to the walls amazing it'd be like maple syrup with beavers 
I mean, who doesn't want maple syrup and beavers? Come on. I just, I wish I'd been there. I don't think I would have. She you went can... on to like say some fairly sensible stuff. but Eloquent um... things. But I tell you what, I've, she had me at beavers and maple syrup. I'm not sure about the other at, one. She had me at balls to the walls. Of course she did. And um, um, I've, I'm booking my ticket now. Can't wait for that. And that's going to be the hybrid games, yeah? Yes, that's a hybrid game. So um, we'll talk more about it in future shows. But we obviously spoke to Martin Colclough um, back, I think, just at the beginning of this year. So if you want to hear more about what a hybrid games looks like, then please do look back at some of our big talks, they're called, on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. We've talked a lot about Army Navy. That, of course, this Saturday the UK Armed Forces men take on Loughborough this Wednesday in football and the UK Armed Forces men President's Cup round two at Lock Lane against the GB teachers that's in rugby league so that's looking ahead but like I said please do tune in on Saturday we're live on radio from seven o'clock and live on BFBS TV if you're overseas and the Forces News YouTube channel from 1.30 in the afternoon but there are plenty of ways for you to revisit all the Forces Sport podcasts at bfbs.com slash podcast or on Apple Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Like I said earlier if you want to hear more from our amazing range of military athletes and have a look at all the chats with our guests on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel and you can follow the website forces.net for the latest results and action. We're also across Twitter, Instagram and Facebook just so you don't miss a minute. But that's it from Forces Sport for another fortnight because that's there's another bank holiday next Monday so Jules and I will be away for another two weeks but maybe whilst you're away you can think of anyone you know who's got an interesting story that you think deserves the forces sport spotlight do let us know at forces sport at bfbs.com thank you for listening we'll see you in two weeks <laughs>